sorry, you're breaking up. Scotland. <laughs> I'm in a tunnel. Seriously, Scotland is amazing. You know that they uh, name their snowplows, right? Have you seen that? Spready Mercury, Blizzard of Oz, Mega Meltasaurus. Hello and welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAPS Loop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden and breaking down the latest styles of quarantine author fashions, it's our favorite ALA Awards red carpet correspondence team, Danielle Brostrom and Steffi Light. Before we set it off to them, I'm honored to announce this week's moment of Zen. The unread story is not a story. It is little black marks on wood pulp. The reader reading it makes it live, a live thing, a story. And with that, I like that. it's time for our annual breakdown of the ALA awards this year, which I got to say, I'm pretty excited about. So I want to turn it over to Steffi and Danielle. What what are some of the highlights? We're doing this a little bit differently this year because the awards have not been announced yet. They're coming up on Monday. So everyone can tune in to ALA Midwinter where the awards will be announced. The Youth Media Awards. And Caldecat, Newberry, Seibert. You know, there's probably 25 awards that will be announced on Monday. But... We're here today to talk about some of the contenders. And it's not like there's a nomination list or anything. It's always a secret, but there's always a lot of chat about what books are getting the buzz, right? And in my world, it's fun to try to guess. You know, at the end of the day, it just means you're talking about good books. So even if they don't get an award. But anyway, anybody can tune in and we can share the link. But 8 a.m. on Monday, they'll start the announcements. So I want to start with the Caldecott, which is just as a quick reminder, that is awarded to the most distinguished picture book for children that was published in the, pre- the year of the preceding. So these books were all published in 2020. And the illustrator is the, uh, is the awardee. So not the author, but the illustrator, because it's the art in the book is what's being honored. Sometimes the author and the illustrator is the same person, but often it's not. So the Caldecott Awards are also looking at how the images tell the story, but not so much looking at the story, if that makes sense. It's really hard to separate those, I think. But again, we're really focused on the artwork. So there's an amazing crop of books out there this year as there always are. And I wanna highlight two of my favorites that come from nature. So the first one is called Honeybee. I'm just going to show it to you guys. Yeah, it's, it's a really a, nice flower that looks yummy for bees. <laughs> it's a purple petals with a uh, orangish center. And the artwork in this book by Eric Roman, and then paired with the illustration, it really tells the story, but it t- follows a bee through um, birth to death, actually. And then it, you learn about, I learned things about the hive and how, um, the bee community works together. Um, And then there's a really informative part in the end that just in text gives you a lot of information about the parts of a bee and a diagram of the body parts. And so is that nonfiction? Does it it matter? It doesn't matter for the award. Good question. 
Okay, this book is called PAX, Strength and Numbers, and it's by Hannah Salier. And it is in nature, how animal groups form together communities. And I always think it's really interesting, the names for animal groups. I've always thought it'd be fun to learn, you know, like a murder of crows and a huddle of penguins and all the names for the groups. It's a beautiful tale about how animals form communities and take care of each other in groups. And it has so many applicable lessons for people. And the illustrations, of course, are gorgeous. You know, it's just what nature does, but the messages are so beautiful. Oh, go ahead, Danielle. I was just going to say, um, do you feel like most of the books that are, I'm going to say contenders, or that, that you are drawn to, tend to not just be books for littles? You know, when we think about picture oh, yeah. books traditionally, we think these are great for littles. But what you're talking about with lessons about how to treat each other, that's good for all ages. We should be reading picture books to older kids. And I you find that the books that you are drawn to and the books that this committee is drawn to follow that same idea? You know, I would say that they tend to span, you know, even up to adults. I think them, and again, they're not picking based on the, the message or the theme technically, but the books that are winning awards tend to have that universality of message and applicability to eighth graders. I've done lessons with eighth graders that use picture books as the foundation. And some picture books are even, you know, would be too much for a younger kid to understand, really. You know, some it depends on the content. But I mean, another of the contenders this year is called Exquisite, and it's the life of Gwendolyn Brooks, the poet. So very informative, it's a biography her whole life experience and the times that she was working and, and um, you know, coming of age with poetry and expression. So, I mean, that's a book that would, you know, be very applicable for older kids as well. There is a book that I am so excited about. It's called We Are Water Protectors. And the illustrator is Michaela, Michaela Goad. And it is about the indigenous people's fight to protect water. I believe the author, she's um, native and she's Anishinaabe, but it talks about Standing Rock and it talks about um, pipelines going through water. So very applicable to what we have in Michigan. And the illustrations are things I think I would put on my walls. It's absolutely stunning. I don't have a copy of it. I have one on order, but um, We Are Water Protectors is one that I'm definitely adding to all the libraries because I think it's it is um, beautiful. It tells a beautiful um, story about protecting our nature and especially for us in Michigan being surrounded by lakes. Last year, I was kind of going through the list from last year and there seemed to have developed to some extent a theme in okay. what was awarded. And it seems like you're going with a theme as well. Was that consciously? No, it's not actually. Um, I mean, I... I think that yes, there's a, now there's a lot of nature, community, protecting what we care about, expressing messages to people that you know are for the good of the group. Kind of, I think that's just a lot of what's being published as well. Messages that are hopeful, books that are not shying away from the things that are tough, but are showing, like Mr. Rogers always pointed out, the the people that are helping. Like yeah, there's threats to to nature and to water, but here are some people who are working hard and have been working hard 
to make a difference. And I think this crop of books is particularly hopeful, which I love. I think in the middle of a pandemic, we could all use a little bit of hope. And it's pretty cool that authors and illustrators are are recognizing that. And our kids need this. Two books that are also definitely getting a lot of buzz. One is called The Blue House by Phoebe Wall and My Best Friend by Julie Foley-Io. I I just butchered that. And then Jillian um, Tamaki is the illustrator. And the My Best Friend is a great story about that first time you get to, you meet someone and you become really close friends. They're both little kiddos, little girls, and um, them playing outside, getting to know each other, the adventures that they have. Again, of course, the illustrations are gorgeous. And in the Blue House, the story is it's a single parent family. So a little boy and his dad that are um, have this home that they love that's has lots of flaws. So you kind of get a sense that it's, you know, maybe falling apart a little bit, but they love it. And, but then the house is getting sold and will be torn down. And so the family has to move. And it's, um, I think it speaks to the transition that families are experiencing and some of the hardships that have been part of this past year in particular, but also the love and the, the special sense of place that this family builds wherever they are. Another book called Outside In, I think this one goes along with the theme of the earlier books, but just the, it's a really a celebration of nature and how important it is that we spend time in nature and bringing the outside in to ourselves. And then um, there's a lot of references in the book, like I haven't had enough time outside, I'm missing the outside. And I think during this pandemic, the outside nature in particular has made a lot of these days a lot easier to bear. I know my kids would disagree, but our family walks and hikes were kind of a key part of 2020. Outside is a is a good, you know, safe place and there's all those benefits to being in nature and lots of science behind that. So this one's gorgeous, a gorgeous celebration of nature. And then a fun book by Mac Barnett. It's illustrated by a name that's new to me, Sean Harris, but it's called A Polar Bear in the Snow. And it's pretty sparse, you know, mostly black and white and the activities of a polar bear, what that polar bear does and great images all throughout. It's a fun story. Uh, I kind of paired this one with The Exquisite, The Life of Gwendolyn Brooks, but it's a book called A Girl Like Me. And it's illustrated by Nina Cruz. And she has a really distinct style. She uses photographs and cutouts of um, kind of a collage kind of artwork. And this is about a girl who there were messages like, well, a girl like you can't do X, Y, or Z. And the whole message is, but a girl like me can do all of these amazing things and nothing's in my way. And this one is a great one to be talking about today when we're going to have our first female vice president. It's a very applicable book and a great message for all kids. You know, last year, it, it seemed like it, it was very much a celebration of diversity and uh, perspective and point of view, whereas this year might have a slightly different feel to it, as, as Danielle was saying, more hopeful, more maybe almost celebratory. I think that's really true. I think nature as a theme is always pretty prevalent in children's books and picture books in particular, but I think the... Um, the importance and the 
the role that nature plays for people and our role that the impact we have on nature has been highlighted a lot more, I would say, consistently in a lot of books this year. And it just lends to some gorgeous work. I want to have like a weekly meeting with you where you just share all of these amazing books because I didn't know about any of these and I've already got, you know, six new books that I'm going to go see if the library has that I can check out for my family. These are great, Steffi. Can I just add two more to the Caldecott list? And then there's one um, called All Because You Matter. So I would say that this has a similar message to a girl like me, but it's a story that is parents are telling to their unborn child, a black child who, again, it's like combating the messages that are coming that are negative and saying, here's all the positive things. And here's all the ways that you'll make a difference in the world. And if this is holding you back or pulling you down, here's where your strength and, and our family and how you move forward. It's it's a beautiful story. And it's, I, th- I think I say that with every book, don't I? I need to have a new description. It's just, they're all beautiful. They're fabulous. I can tell already, I don't even have to read the book. I know yeah. that through reading it, just by your description, I'd probably end up crying at the end when I just- I think, that, I, that, think that hopeful, I think so. Know, yeah. Yeah. And just, it just speaks to so much that's been going on and, and I love the message for kids growing up right now. But the illustrator is Brian Collier. And then the last one I just want to highlight really quickly is called Your Place in the Universe. And it's Jason Chin, who's done a number of books, Grand Canyon, Redwoods, a picture book about the Galapagos Islands. There's a lot of science in this. It's a, you know kids looking through a telescope and then kind of contextualizing where in the whole big universe, how we all fit in, like where where we are in different places in the universe. This is informational for kids, but on top of that, like his other books, the illustrations, so it's nonfiction and you're learning so much and the illustrations are also gorgeous. Like gone are the days where the nonfiction book is just heavy text and like, I mean, illustrations, when you know when you're you're drawn to that, but it just adds to the understanding so much. And the um, the level of art in picture books is absolutely incredible, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see on Monday. You might we might hear none of those titles announced. It might be a whole different crop. And there's one Caldecott winner, and then they can give. I don't even know if there's a number that they're allowed to honor, but they can give honor books as well. Sometimes there's just one. Sometimes there's a handful. So we'll see. So at the end, and you know, we'll go through the uh, the Newberry here next. But at the end, I'm going to have you make your picks. Okay, I pulled six titles that I think are serious contenders for the Newberry, and the Newberry is usually it's a book for children, but it's not YA. But sometimes it's uh, more middle grade or middle school specific. Um, and this group of books deals with lots of hard issues and has some amazing characters. From the desk of Zoe Washington, uh, the author's name is um, Janae Marks. And Zoe Washington is a girl who um, has recently connected with her father who's in prison and she gets involved trying to prove that he's innocent, which is what he maintains. And she starts to learn a great deal about the prison system and um, how there's different levels of discrimination based on 
the justice system, I guess. And but this is the story of a you know a, a lot of kiddos do have parents who are incarcerated, and getting to know that parent and how they stay connected is you know a challenge for lots of families. But she's a she's a fun character. She's really into baking, so she and her dad share recipes. Um, but Zoe Washington is a, um, she's really spunky and I think a character who kids can really look up to. If you're a fan of the book, A Good Kind of Trouble by Lisa, what is her last name, Rumay? I'll look that one up and tell you, but A Good Kind of Trouble is uh, has a sort of similar theme. This one's just a heartbreaker and it is up for, let's see, I think it was a finalist for the National Book Award, but it's called King and the Dragonflies. Case and Calendar is the author, and it takes place in Louisiana, and it's a boy whose older brother has passed away, and his family coming to terms with that, and King, the main character, is coming to terms with um, figuring out his own place in the world and how he fits in, and it's a beautiful story, and it's it deals with a lot of issues. Kimberly Brubaker Bradley, who um, wrote uh, The War That Saved My Life, and the sequel to that book, which um, The War That Saved My Life was a Battle of the Books book. But Fighting Words is sisters who are in a foster care situation and are dealing with some really tough things from their past. Um, and it's the bond between the sisters and how they are able to help each other. Um, again, it has some heavy themes and does deal with suicide. So there is a, you know, a warning for readers about that, but it is beautifully written. And again, characters who are unforgettable. These first three books are, are do not sound like light fare. Well, Zoe Washington's pretty light, really. Pretty light, okay. There's quite a bit of humor in that one. Echo Mountain is, it takes place during the depression and it's by Lauren, Lauren Wolk. The family has this experience it's again like that nature connection, like what the mountain gives them and what they give back to the mountain and navigating, um, you know, setting up a, f a home in a new place and how they integrate with nature. And I think there's a really funny comment made about this book because on the cover, there's a there's a picture of a dog and the dog's important in the story. And, you know, there's a there's an understanding that a lot of books that are award winners, if there's a dog on the cover, the dog's for sure going to die. That just always happens, especially in award winning books. This dog does not die. And we'll just make that very clear from the start. We almost lost Danielle there. <laughs> you did. We were just talking last night about how Disney movies, they all have the parents. Well, they used to. There was a big slew of them that all had the parents die at the beginning and how that seemed to be like a a yeah. thing. So that cracks me up. Oiler warning. Okay. And then Sarah Pennypacker, who has written a number of books, Pax was one, Clementine. She's written a lot. And this, her new book is called Here in the Real World. And it's very, I think it has parallels to A Bridge to Terabithia because the two characters that are both kind of misfits in their own way get to, they connect and then they're, um, they sort of have a special place that they are able to spend time and they make connections and that place is threatened and they have to decide what they're going to do to protect that. And they are characters who, I think it's a book that just celebrates difference and celebrates people who might not dance to the same drummer or march to the same beat. Everybody can relate to feeling like an outsider at times. And so 
this kind of celebrates two kiddos who together find each other and then um, have this special connection. I think the premise is beautiful. And then Linda Sue Park has a book called Prairie Lotus. And it's the story of a young girl who's um, homesteading out on the plains um, and is Chinese American. And so dealing with issues with being, dealing with issues of discrimination, there's a lot that is explained about Native Americans and how the people coming to um, settle in the lands, how the groups got along or didn't get along. But she's a strong-willed character who I think it gives kids a really interesting perspective from a different perspective. So, you know, the Little House and the Prairie books have had, rightfully so, a re-examination of how perspectives and uh, groups are presented. And so I think this book does a really good job of just a more open and more accurate portrayal of the uh, tensions and what's happening as these groups of people are getting integrated and forming communities but another character who I think readers can really look up to. Are any of these uh, graphic novels? It was it was pretty uh, cool that last year New Kid won. I know uh, the Newberry as a graphic novel. novel. Um, are yeah, any of these? These are not. These are those six are not. There is a book um, that I didn't talk about. It's uh, called Dragon Hoops. That book has come up for a possible Caldecott. So that's interesting. It was funny because as I was going through this, I ended up uh, looking at the old lists and did a Kwame Alexander deep dive because oh, he's so fabulous. You, you could do that, and because he's so fabulous, and I was like, yeah, wasn't yeah. it last year that the undefeated was an honor book for Newberry yeah. and uh and yeah. won the Caldecott? That book was awesome. <laughs> that was just that was an absolutely stunning. oh I know. I'm I know. Not, not taking nothing away from New Kid, but. Kwame Alexander was on the news the other day because he's announcing a poetry contest mm-hmm. for, for anybody. Um, he's kind of like the correspondent for poetry. So the I Have a Dream speech was based on the Langston Hughes poem, I Dream a World. And so they're putting together like a crowdsourced poem. People are sending in their interpretations of I Dream a World, you know, hoping for the future to look like. And then he's going to put it together into a, a piece of work. So if anybody's feeling inspired and wants to participate in that contest, you can check it out on NPR. So before uh, Steffi gives us the winners, because you know it's <laughs> going to be right, uh, do you have any any thoughts there, Danielle? You should have Steffi name the winners first. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm circling uh, these. All right. In general. <laughs> and you will and you will be held accountable. I think the water protectors, we are water protectors, has a really good shot. Do you want me to just pick one, Caldecott? One, just one. Okay, that's it then. And okay. then for the Newberry, um, I think King and the Dragonflies. We'll see. We the will, pressure is definitely on now. Yeah, we will come back. That's that's what we're trying to do because really, there's not enough anxiety in the world right now. We wanted <laughs> to create a little bit more for you. That's why I'm here. Well, do you want a quick rundown of the titles of the battle books this year? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so 11 Birthdays by Wendy Moss, New Kid, which we just talked about by Jerry Craft, Sal and Gabby, Break the Universe, The Polar Bear Bear Explorers Club, Things Seen from Above, The Donut Fix, Out of Left Field, Among the Hidden, which is the first book in a whole series. Out of Left Field is part of a series as well, and Framed, and Framed might be the beginning of a series a couple and polar bear explorers club is sal and gabby yeah 
11 birthdays. There's a lot there. So if kids, and there's a new new kid book, Class Act. So if our Battle of the Books teams get really into their books, which I hope they will, then they have uh, more in those to explore. How do those books get chosen? There's a committee of folks who do a lot of reading and previewing. And then um, usually it's a book of list of 10. This year, there are nine books just with the format. And each book is in a different genre. So historical fiction, graphic novel, something funny, a mystery, on and on like that. So I think the books are really solid this year, Steffi. I know I am coaching a little team and um, they have loved every book. There's some good themes in here. You know, you think about how New Kid deals with Jordan going to this new school and some of the racial bias Mm -hmm. he deals with. And then Donut Fix and Tristan going to a new place and learning to lean on his culinary skills. And there's just, there's, there's some cool themes here. Um, Some of my girls were really excited about Out of Left Field because Katie Gordon, it's 1957 and she wants to be a pitcher. So I'm just really impressed with the list this year. That's great. It's fun to hear that the kids are into them. Yay. Yay books. Yay books. Books are awesome. Anything else for the good of the order? I do have a tech tool of the week. Okay, so tech tool one. Do you think yours is the same as mine? I don't know. Maybe because we do a VSP. You go first. No, you go first. Go ahead. Okay. On teachingbooks.net, you can search for any author and the author has recorded a pronunciation of their name, which is super helpful for me, even though I still in the podcast. No, I, I, no, I had looked it up. It's fully ano, and I had written it out phonetically, and I still messed it up. Anyway, I think it's a great resource. It's fun to hear the person say their own name, and sometimes they give you a little background about their name. All right, Danielle. I would like to talk about News Literacy Week. Next week, January 25th through the 29th, is News Literacy Week. And there are some great resources available on the News Literacy Project, which is newslit.org. They have an animated video that you can share with students, which talks about some of the things that they should be doing with information as it's coming in. Um, There's an amazing quiz. Then that direct link to the quiz is newsliteracyweek.org. The quiz is pretty cool. It helps you assess your ability to discern between deceptive and inaccurate information that should not be shared online and accurate fact-based information that has evidence and that you can share widely. Um, What I thought was pretty cool was the first question in, it says, do you want to take this quiz with a liberal bias or a conservative bias? So you specifically choose your path and you look at some of the misinformation that is targeting that group in particular, which I think is pretty cool that they let you choose that at the beginning. So take the quiz. I would recommend uh, if you're a Twitter, Twitter user, follow the hashtag news literacy week, educate yourself. Good advice is to, they recommend pause check your emotions, verify, is the tweet correct? Did you actually read the full article? And then if you're not sure, just leave it be. And that is great advice for grownups as well as for kids. But uh, News Literacy Week starts next week. That's awesome. In closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPSloop. At Brostrom DA. At Steffi Light. 
Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Like the podcast, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening and inspiring. That's a that's a a ton a ton of books. Books will save us. Books, good.